our Lord Jesus doesn't hold anything back. Our Lord Jesus gives everything. Our Lord Jesus is all in. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that though He was in the form of God, He did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. But rather, emptied Himself taking the form of a slave and being born in the likeness of men. Jesus, who is God, holds nothing back. Jesus, who is God, gives everything to save you and to save me. He gives everything to rescue us from the grasp of hell. He gives everything to free us from our slavery to sin, from our slavery to death, from our slavery to the devil, Jesus Christ is all in. From His incarnation, to His birth, through His hidden life, to His suffering. And on the cross, He is all in. He Himself shared our flesh and our blood that through death He might destroy the devil and deliver those who through fear of death, that's you and me, were subject to lifelong bondage. He's all in. For you. It didn't stop there. It wasn't just Jesus himself who was all in. But his family was all in. Joseph was all in. Mary was all in. Did you hear the, the prophecy about Mary today? From the prophet Simeon. He said. A sword. Will pierce through. Your own soul also. Jesus was presented in the temple. Because Jesus is the firstborn son. But the only son. But legally. He's the firstborn son of Mary and of Joseph. And the firstborn belongs to the Lord. The firstborn son belongs to the Lord. And so Jesus comes. And he belongs to the Lord. And he gives everything to the Lord. And Jesus is all in. Devoting himself totally to God the Father. And Mary, so they come. And they, they, they just come to present him to the Lord. And to do the purification rituals after childbirth 40 days later and Mary gets this surprise I guess it's I guess it's a surprise maybe maybe she knew Um, but regardless Mary gets this prophecy and you yourself a sword shall pierce your soul a sword shall pierce and Mary chooses over and over again to be all in she chooses To present her son to God. She chooses to to let her son leave 
and go about his mission and not try to hold him back. She chooses to support him on his mission. And she chooses to go to the foot of the cross where Simeon's prophecy is fulfilled. Mary, because she is the new Eve, didn't have any pain in the childbirth of Jesus. It was a miraculous birth. There was no pain at the birth of Jesus for Mary. There was no suffering at the birth of Jesus for Mary because she's the new Eve and there was a miraculous birth. But all of that pain and all of that suffering, plus more, came at the foot of the cross. Not necessarily in her body, but in her soul. And as she watches the soldier take the lance and pierce through the side and into the heart of the dead body of her son, her soul is pierced by the lance. Before that, as she watches her son die, as he gives John to her, as he undergoes this passion, as he's all in to save you and to save me, her soul is pierced. And Mary, in her great compassion, shares in the suffering of Jesus. Shares in the martyrdom of Jesus. She becomes the the queen of the martyrs. And as the blood and the water flows from Jesus' side. Oh, what's that? That's baptism and the Eucharist and the Holy Spirit and the grace of the sacraments. The church is born as the blood and water flows forth from Jesus' side. And Mary is there as the mother of the church, as your mother and as my mother. And so when we come to that font, And when we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, when we are reborn of water and the Holy Spirit, when we receive the grace of baptism, we receive God as our Father, and we receive Mary as our mother, who is there at the foot of the cross, giving birth to the church, giving birth spiritually to you and to me, as her soul is pierced because she has given everything. Her only beloved Son. For you and for me. All in. Simeon prophesied that Jesus would be a light of revelation to the nations. A light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. And you and I, because we have been reborn, because we were baptized and born again, because we are Christians, we're supposed to now be that light. We're supposed to share the light of Jesus Christ and to be a light of revelation to Morgan City. A light of revelation among our families. A light of revelation among our friends. And then to be, to be all in. See, that's how a candle puts out light. Do you notice 
when it's a normal Sunday, when we have our normal candles here. One week, you'll come to Mass and, you know, they'll be this tall. And then the next week, you'll come to Mass and they'll be just a little shorter and a little shorter. And after maybe six weeks or eight weeks or so, uh, we started out with a candle that was, that was pretty tall, and now we've got a candle that's like this big. Why? Because the candle is all in. The candle consumes itself to give off light. The candle gives of itself to give off the light. Just like Jesus did on the cross. Just like Mary did at the foot of the cross. And just like you and I do. When we love our neighbor as ourselves. Just like you and I do. When we get on our knees and we pray. When we open our Bibles and receive the word of God. And then go out and love our neighbor. A light of revelation. A light to show God to our families, to our friends, to our co-workers, to the people we meet on the street. A light to transform Morgan City. If, if we are courageous enough to choose to be all in. That's the challenge. For us today. We have Ian here with us. Ian is a, a brand new seminarian. He's been a, a seminarian in formation to be a priest for just a little over six months now. And Ian and 133 other young men are up at St. Ben's near Covington, Louisiana. Trying every day to be all in for you. Trying every day to be all in. Actually, first for God. Because they've fallen in love with Jesus. And want to give themselves completely to Jesus. And second, so they can come back and be a light of revelation to you. There are 133 of them, the younger ones, up at St. Ben's near Covington. There's about 120 of them, the older ones, at Notre Dame in New Orleans. There are more, uh, two of ours, in Rome at the North American College. And that's all they do. Every day they pray and they study and they strive to, to give themselves completely to God, to be all in, and to prepare to come out and to serve you. Last week we were on the March for Life pilgrimage, and with us on the March for Life pilgrimage were, um, were some sisters and a friar. And with these sisters and with the friar, they do, what they do all day is, is that they pray, they work, they study. And uh, this particular community, um, the poor uh, friars and the poor nuns of Jesus and Mary, they, um, they hitchhike around. They don't have a car. They don't have money. They, they, um, they rely on what is given to them. And, and they hitchhike to get to where they need to go. The reason they do that is because once somebody welcomes them into their car, they can talk to them about Jesus. They don't have money because that means they're dependent 
upon other people for things like, like food and, and really anything that they have is lent to them. Why do they do that? To show people that Jesus is worth it. To show people that being all in for Jesus actually brings joy. To show people that being a light to others, even though it costs us everything, actually gives us back even more than we've given. Gives us back more than all that we have. Because God's grace is super abundant. In a couple weeks on February 22nd, uh, a lady named Kristen is going to become a consecrated virgin. She, that means that she's going to be married to Jesus. She's going to live her, her normal life uh, a lot like she lives it now. She's not going to wear any kind of special clothes when she goes out to the grocery store or whatever. But she's, she's just fallen so in love with Jesus that she said, I, I, I'm going to be all in. Not that long ago on June 22nd, last June 22nd, uh, another young lady became a consecrated virgin. Her name is Jen. And for these past months, she's been living her normal life in the world, doing what she does, but totally and completely devoted to Jesus, who is her spouse. All in. Being all in looks different for Jen and soon for Kristen than it looks for Sister Katarina and Friar Nathaniel. Being all in looks different uh, for me here as I, as I serve as administrator at Holy Cross and for Ian and his brothers as they're in the seminary preparing to serve as priests. Being all in looks different for me than it does for you and it looks different for you than it does for the person who lives next door to you or the person who lives across the street or the person who's living next to you at Mass. But, but if, if we're going to live as Christians, if we're going to be real disciples, the only option is to be all in. Because disciples, you might remember, learn from the Master, live like the Master, and lead others to the Master. And the Master shows us that the only way to do this is to give everything. So here's the last thing. Lent's coming up. I think it's 24 days from now is Ash Wednesday, I believe. What are you doing for Lent? I don't know what, what you usually do for Lent. I... I don't know when you usually start thinking about what you're doing for Lent. You know, for a lot of us, it's Ash Wednesday. And that, that's way too late to start thinking about Lent on Ash Wednesday. I don't know what you usually do for Lent. Maybe you do the same thing every year. And maybe some of those things are helpful. And maybe some of those things, you just do them just because. I offer us a different way. This Lent. Don't give up chocolate just because you always give up chocolate. If, if giving up chocolate is helpful for you, well, do it. And if it's not, don't. But what if this Lent could be different 
What if this Lent could be the best Lent you ever had? A question to start with. And a question to start with this week. It's very simple. What's holding me back? What's hold, Jesus, what's holding me back from being all in like you are? Like Mary is? What's holding me back? And then as over the next three weeks, we discern our Lenten penances. As over the next three weeks, we prepare for this holy time in the desert with Jesus. That, that's where our penance comes from. To get rid of whatever it is that's holding me back. To find a way through with Jesus. Whatever prevents me from being all in. Whatever prevents me from living the fullness of joy. So like the candle, might Jesus increase and might we decrease? Might we truly be disciples who learn from, live like, and lead others to the Master? And might we be all in like Jesus?